Hello, and welcome back to It's a Very Exciting Time, a podcast by a UFO nerd and his tolerant friend. My name is Scott, and I've been fascinated by the UFO phenomenon my whole life. And my name is Chuck. I'm an aerospace nerd and a tolerant friend. We started this podcast because since 2017, there have been shocking revelations from news of secret Pentagon programs to confirmed Navy videos of astonishing craft. In a nutshell, now that the government has admitted that UFOs are real, <clears throat> or at least that the videos were authentic, it raises a natural question. If UFOs are real, what else? Suddenly, some of these other parts of the phenomenon that seemed unlikely are pulled into the realm of the possible. Right. And they may still be unlikely. There are so many explanations for these stories. Even if the truth is more mundane than we're hoping, if any of this turns out to be true... Whew! It's a very exciting time. Oh boy, Chuck, I, I wasn't sure we were going to have enough to talk about this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I was like, oh, you know, it's all they're doing is announcing the witnesses for the UAP hearing. Like, so did you have you to know, like scrape the barrel and, and really oh, I like thought hunt for sure it? I would have to. Yeah. I was on Reddit looking up. Some, no, man, we've got, if anything, a longer set of notes than normal. Oh my gosh. Uh, people, people have opinions about these oh, upcoming hearings. Well, uh, so when yeah, when we're, is we're that not true? About them. Uh, now, before we dive into it, well, actually, okay, hold on. Let me let me introduce it real fast. Okay, so uh, I've got a quote here from Representative Burchett. He said, Last year, the House Intelligence Committee held a hearing on UAPs. They brought in some Pentagon bureaucrats. I wish I could do his accent, dude. Like, he has the <laughs> most fun, like, Southern folksy accent. Uh-huh. They brought I in some Pentagon it. bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah, there uh, you go. And they only had two answers to the questions they were asked. I don't know, or that's classified. This hearing <laughs> is going to be different. We're going to have witnesses who can speak frankly to the public about their experiences. And they announced those witnesses. So first up, we have retired commander David Fravor, a former fighter pilot and commanding officer of the U.S. Navy's Black Aces Squadron. If his hmm. name sounds name. familiar, it's because we did a whole episode about the 2004 yeah. USS Nimitz Tic Tac incident. Oh, uh, it's Nimitz. Okay, cool. Yeah, he was the pilot from that. And if you're keeping track at home, uh, of the three confirmed Navy videos, the FLIR video was the one from the Nimitz incident. Okay. I need a the, like spreadsheet of these. I know there's <laughs> I only know, three, there's but... Yeah. Uh, our second witness is Ryan Graves, another former fighter pilot and currently mm -hmm. executive director of the advocacy organization Americans for Safe Aerospace. This is not a okay. UAP organization necessarily, but it okay. tackles the issue of UAP and in particular the, the stigma around reporting and the okay. corresponding uh flight safety issues that come from pilots yeah. not being able to talk honestly about this did this come uh, up around the same time as david grush the announcement about that the announcement about his advocacy organization yeah yeah no no, no. that was okay. uh right. he announced that six months ago a year ago something like that okay um all right but uh, I mentioned he was a former fighter pilot. Uh, you may have heard his name also because he was one of the pilots in the 2014 USS Theodore Roosevelt incident on the East oh. Coast, uh, which is where we got the other two Navy videos, Gimbal and okay. Go Fast. Um, so yeah, two well-known pilots who have talked about this many times in public before. They are yeah. uh, credible okay. witnesses, uh, but we've heard from them. Um, but what then, about Grush? Well, that's our third witness, David ah, Grush, all right. uh, current UAP whistleblower, former National Reconnaissance Office and National Geospatial Intelligence Agency employee, who is a representative yeah. to the UAP task force for both. Um, and of course, he has notably come forward with claims that the U.S. is 
concealing a UFO crash retrieval and reverse engineering program from Mm -hmm. both Congress and the American public, and that there have been inappropriate criminal things happening around that cover-up. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, So yeah, three big deal witnesses. Now, before I dive into... Right? Before I dive into some of my quotes, Chuck, uh, I sent you the 20 minute video of the press release when uh, Burchett and his comrades were announcing the hearing and the witnesses. Uh, What was your reaction to that? I mean, the, the, when I watched it, I was like, this sounds like a pretty standard press release to me, but, but it was, it's hard for me to, it was hard for me to tell whether they were, uh, you know, speaking honestly or speaking in a way that would like drive votes or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know how to interpret politicians, I guess is, is yeah. the, the real take of it. Um, so it felt very weird, uh, mm-hmm. but that's about all I can say. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a few of the things they said. Um, and you're totally right that there was quite a bit of grandstanding, quite a bit of patting each other on the back and talking yeah. about how they're doing the right thing. Um, right. It is worth noting that it's a bipartisan group up there. So we've yeah, got Burchett, Luna, and Moskowitz. Uh, Burchett and Luna are both Republicans. Moskowitz is a Democrat. Um, mm-hmm. So something we haven't talked a lot about, but it, it's hard not it's hard to tiptoe around. Yeah. Uh, Republicans and right-leaning news organizations seem to have an easier time <laughs> accepting this story. And without yeah, getting into any mudslinging, no. okay. it is a political viewpoint that already starts from the assumption that the government is doing wrong. And, okay, yeah, that actually you know, makes it's, sense. It's yeah. easier to kind of accept, oh, yeah, of course the government is lying to right. us. <laughs> Why wouldn't they yeah. be? Um, right. And the liberals so, have the same feeling about like big corporations. Right. But all that is to say, it does lend some weight, I think, when there is a true bipartisan effort, when we've got Democratic yeah. voices coming in as well. Not that Democrats are necessarily more credible or never do anything wrong, but it's just, it it helps me avoid the fear that like, oh my God, we're slipping into a weird conspiracy theory echo yeah. chamber. Uh, yeah. So that makes yeah, sense. there is a little bit of that. And Burchett in particular... <laughs> has a tendency to lean heavily into the conspiracy theory, both in the UAP field and outside. Um, And we're going to talk about a couple things that he's said this week. But before we get to that, um, let's talk about the meat of it, because there was a very clear thread through this press briefing, and it was uh, these people are pissed as hell that the military has been lying to them in particular. It is clearly personal. It's not just a, this is outrageous. They're lying to the American people. They, they are specifically referencing an incident where they went to an air force base for a briefing and were denied. And we're going to get well into the weeds on that one. Um, Okay. But leaving aside the parts where they're clearly hopping mad, um, let's talk about what they said about the briefing. So representative Burchett, after he introduced the witnesses, he said, listen, and this is something we've been hearing from Marco Rubio and others as well. These are decorated veterans. These people, why would they risk their reputations and careers over something that they're lying about? It's just, yeah, it's too big right now. And I don't believe they can keep their thumb in the dam too much longer because people are coming forward at too rapid of a rate. Um, Mm. now this kind of confirms what we've been hearing through the grapevine, which is it's not just Grush. There are many whistleblowers coming through testifying directly to Congress, people with firsthand knowledge, and we're, we hopefully will be hearing from them. We won't be hearing from them in this hearing. We'll be hearing from Grush and two pilots who've already spoken publicly, but yeah. You know, Burchett is hammering that drum. Like there's more and they're coming forward. It's not just the people you see. Yeah. So I had one question about this. Is this going to be another like skiff conference that nobody actually attends 
or is this more of a public hearing? No, this is going to be a public hearing uh, with witnesses testifying to the House Oversight Committee. Um, now, there is some room to talk about what that means in terms of do the members of the House Oversight Committee have the proper clearances to hear some of Grush's claims mm. other than what they've okay. said in public? Um, and we'll we'll delve into that later. The short version is I wouldn't expect a lot of new earth-shattering claims. We might get some okay. stuff. We might get them asking some questions and Grush clarifies in a way that he didn't before. Okay. But mostly what I'm hearing is this is going to be an educational hearing that's almost more aimed at the public because Congress yeah. knows and more legitimizing than it, the public right? right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. That, mm. I mean, that's awesome. I, I hope we get some real like news coverage about it. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. Right. Like the, okay. the Grush story has not gotten the news coverage we want. Right. You know what they cover? Congress. <laughs> Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Representative Moskovitz says, uh, myself, Representative Burchett, and Representative Gates had attended an Air Force base, and we were blocked, not only by the Pentagon, but by the Department of the Air Force, from seeing information and talking to witnesses. After much arm twisting, we got some of the information. Uh, we will talk more about the specific incident he's referring to later, but they okay. were really hammering this, this idea that they went to the air force for a briefing and were mm -hmm. denied it. And representative Luna in okay. particular says we got in an argument with the general at this base. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I right. I would love to, Represent I, I wish I could be a fly on, on the wall for that. Oh my but. God. Right. Uh, Representative Luna in particular seemed real head up about this. She said, yeah. if the department of the air force, if the Pentagon thinks that they're above Congress, they have something else coming to them. We told them hmm. we're going to hold hearings if they continue to hide information. And echoing this representative Moskovitz said, the fact is that the Pentagon answers to Congress and thus to the American people and mm -hmm. any government entity that attempts to stonewall us is doing nothing in the invested interests of the American people. When I take the face value of the numerous roadblocks that we have been presented with, it leads me to believe that they are indeed hiding information. Huh? So I didn't, I, I'm just looking up Luna in the background and mm -hmm. two things really strike me. First, she was in the Air Force um, yeah. and got like uh, medals from it, but also she's only 34 and she's arguing with generals. Mm -hmm. That's amazing to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. and Luna goes on. Um, she says, what Representative Burchett, myself and my colleagues behind me have realized is that ultimately as elected members assigned to the House Oversight and Accountability, we can conduct field hearings. And if we continue to get stonewalled, mm. if we smell that they are giving us a bunch of bullshit, we're going to do the field hearings directly at those locations. And we're going to open okay. it up to the press because full transparency is really what we need in this situation. The military, the Pentagon, the intelligence agencies, they answer to the people and thus Congress. And so we're going to hold them accountable. Now, oh, it is really wow. hard to interpret that as anything other than a threat. We're not backing yeah. down. I don't care yeah. what you say. This topic is going to be investigated. And I don't know anything about what a field hearing is or why yeah, that would either. be a thing that makes her feel empowered. But the clear message here is we're not going to sit down and shut up. Yeah. We're here and we're going to find out about this. And all three of them strongly hammered this idea that the Pentagon reports to Congress and the American people, not the other way mm -hmm. around. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's actually true. The Pentagon, as uh, I understand it, reports to the president, but you know, <laughs> civics class was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, was, hmm. But they, they are clearly upset at the idea that the Pentagon would set itself up 
as an arbiter of what Congress can and cannot hear. That is the clear through line here. They are real, Mm -hmm. real upset about it. And this hearing is the start of them pushing back on the Pentagon. Yeah. I mean, if they have the clearances, why should they not hear it? Mm -hmm. And if they don't have the clearances, why should they not be able to get them or be granted Mm -hmm. them? You know? Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. All right. So there's one other thing that they brought up. um, And Representative Burchett has been talking about this all week. Uh, They have made a very clear allegation that the Pentagon has harassed witnesses Uh, Hmm. I quoted him last week as saying that they're calling up witnesses and saying, you better not go testify in front of that committee. Hmm. And he echoed that at this conference. He said, they tried to block it. Staff tried to block it. Everybody tried to block it. That's not the job of staff of the so-called intelligence community. It's the job of the committee. Also, the Pentagon has flexed their muscle. We've lost a witness because of that. And NASA mm. has backed down. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> now, that's interesting about NASA. Yeah, buddy. Now, in a separate interview later on, uh, someone you know pushed him on this detail, and he said, "Yep, yeah, we've had witnesses that have backed out on us and have told us that they received inquiries. I guess you could say from the Pentagon." And so obviously we're over the target and they know it. And that's why they're firing Mm. at us. And if there isn't anything, then why the push to cover it up? Now he did not clarify about NASA backing out, but we are clearly hearing this idea of Pentagon interference with witnesses. Um, Ross Coltart spoke in the past about, right. Uh, Ross said that they were being pressured to sign new NDAs that would override mm. the law that says that uh, whistleblowers can go to Congress without violating oh, their NDAs. Wow. Yeah. So okay. this is unfortunately one of these ones where we don't have a lot of direct evidence, but what we are hearing yeah, kind right. of across the board is the Pentagon is trying to pressure witnesses into not testifying. And Burchett okay. has explicitly said they had at least one witness who was pressured into not testifying. And obviously we have no idea who that is. Yeah, um, right. Regarding NASA, <laughs> NASA put out a, <laughs> a response uh, because people were asking them, like, what's this about yeah, you backing right? out of the hearing? NASA was not requested to participate in the U.S. House Committee's hearing on UAP. David Spurgle president of the Simons Foundation and chair of NASA's UAP independent study was invited, but declined to attend since the work of the independent study team is not due to be completed until later in the coming weeks. Now, unfortunately, as much Hmm. as I would love to buy into NASA is part of the secret keeping and the gatekeeping here. I have yet to mm-hmm. see anything that really convinces me that NASA is part of the cover-up. And Burchett does have a tendency to speak a little bit casually. Uh, it is okay. well right. within belief that he said NASA when he meant one of the guys working on the NASA independent yeah. study. And he said NASA backed out. Right. And NASA's like, what are you talking about, buddy? You never asked us. So yeah. unfortunately, I... I'm not prepared to go with NASA was pressured into backing out. It We are hearing from multiple angles that the Pentagon was pressuring witnesses. That part I think is believable. I think the okay. bit about NASA was a little bit of sloppy speaking on Burchett's part. Okay. I, I would believe that. All right. Now, unfortunately, uh, you know, Mr. Burchett, if you're listening, I apologize, but uh, I, I got to hammer you a little bit on this. He got into a Twitter war with another representative this week. And while it was super entertaining, it unfortunately served to muddy the waters quite a bit around. So I mentioned last week, right? Senator Schumer has this NDAA amendment about UFO disclosure and Burchett had a similar amendment in the house. Burchett's amendment did not make it in. Um, And there's a lot of stuff around that, but 
Hmm. Uh, Burchett took to Twitter this week and he said, if UFOs and UAPs don't exist, why is the intelligence community blocking my amendment? And how do they have the power to block it? He Hmm. included a screenshot of his amendment, no clarification on what he meant by intelligence community or why he put that in air scare quotes. Um, there was there was no information. Everybody's like, well, what's going on here? Representative McGovern, a Democrat, I should add, yeah. responds, what are you talking about? It wasn't the intelligence community. You voted to block your own amendment. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be clear, by the way, here. I am cleaning up these tweets to get to the meat of it. They got real sure. catty with each other. At one point, your okay. chat said, right. uh, you know, McGovern, tell whichever intern writes your tweets that they need to do more research. And McGovern's like, I write my own tweets. Thank you very much. Like, oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> uh, so Burchett comes back and he says, this amendment wasn't even given a vote in rules. No one had a chance to vote on this amendment. And Representative McGovern responds, you submitted an amendment and then you voted for a rule that blocked your own amendment. That's why no one had a chance to vote on it. And Representative Burchett fires back off. Well, you clearly said I voted against my own amendment. That's incorrect and misleading. I didn't know what was going on here and I was prepared to ignore the whole thing. Uh, But thankfully, Reddit came to the rescue and a Reddit user who unfortunately I forgot to credit um, put up a really good summary that I think think is probably what happened. He said, what's likely the case here is that the committee said, we're voting on the bill as is, no more amendments. And Burchett voted yes. There are likely many things that Burchett wanted passed in the main bill, even if his Uh, amendment wasn't considered. From a certain point of view, if that's the truth, both Burchett and McGovern are correct in their framing of what happened. My amendment was never considered versus you voted to accept the bill without your amendment. Um, Right. So as much fun as Twitter drama is, this seems pretty clearly like another case of Burchett kind of jumping to a conspiracy. I still don't know what he's on about with the intelligence community getting involved. Yeah. in case anybody is coming to this, like, hey, Burchett said that the intelligence community took his amendment out. That does not seem to be what happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's, but and it and it sort of uh, adds more fuel to the idea that uh, maybe Burchett doesn't always speak um, exactly. You know, yeah. Perfectly. The and truth, as much as I. I don't want to spend all my time debunking Burchett since he is currently one of the guys banging the drum that I care about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It does seem like it's important to little loose with that context. Yeah. Right. He's no, he's no Ross Coulthard or uh, it's true. Um, now let's talk about the meat of the press conference because they were all banging on about this trip to an air force base where they were denied access to it. And, and thankfully in this case, it's not just Bridget claiming it. We've got multiple corroborating Mm, stories. So I've got a set of quotes here. So the, the main thing is the context. This was after the UFO shoot downs over Canada and Alaska in February. So a congressional trip was organized to Elgin air force base to see footage and speak to witnesses. So representative Burchett has said, we contacted the air force and were told we were going to be briefed on the issue. We got down there and it was the traditional stuff, but it didn't have anything to do with the UFO. And we stopped the thing right in the middle of it and said, Hey, this is not what you told us we were coming down for. And he basically Mm -hmm. told us, we're not going to give it to you. The arrogance of this general was beyond belief. Hmm. Um, In a later interview, he spoke about it again, and he said, yep, I was denied footage. We were told there was going to be footage and a secure briefing, and that it was very clear and undeniable what the footage was, and you could actually see the structure up close. And then when we got there, we were denied that. And then they brought Hmm. in the pilots. And you could tell the spooks in the room, the CIA or whoever they were, were very nervous over what they were saying to us. And I felt like maybe they were suppressed over what they could speak. 
Now, Burchett has told this story repeatedly, and he has been very clear that basically they went in, they were told they wouldn't get anything, they put up a fight, and eventually were allowed to speak to pilots. And the impression mm -hmm. he has given is the testimony those pilots gave, because they weren't prepared, mm. went maybe beyond what the CIA wishes they would have said. Now, he's never uh, been clear about what they were told, but yeah. the impression you get is this idea of this congressional group shows up, no one was actually ready to give them a briefing, at the yeah. last minute they pulled the pilots in, and so the pilots maybe weren't 100% clear on what level of disclosure they were there to give. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll also say his line about a video where it's undeniable what it was, and you could actually see the structure up close. Now, the context here is this was around the shootdowns in mm. Alaska and Canada. Now, we talked about this at the time. There's every bit of evidence that those were just hobby balloons. But there has since been a little bit of pushback on that. We haven't talked about it a lot. Ross Coltart has claims to have spoken to pilots from the Alaska shootdown in particular, who said, mm -hmm. there's more to this. You need to push on it. Oh, interesting. Um, also, <laughs> the group that said it was their hobby balloon that got shot down. Yeah. Um, I read a single report that I have yet to confirm, but it did pop up that their balloon popped back up on the radar. <laughs> At some oh, point, interesting. Which pretty clearly implies it was not shot down. Yeah, right. So, who so knows? I'm not prepared to say one way or another, but there is still a bit of ambiguity around what those shootdowns were. We also don't know for sure that the briefing they went there to receive was about them. They're clearly making it about UAP, but it might have been about general uap some other incident we haven't heard about it was only the timing that makes it feel like oh they're definitely there to find out about you know right. it, it, it they actually shot down a ufo over alaska i i don't know but well, maybe they I never shot down anything and the whole well, cover-up is like yeah we can't shoot things down like that size unless they have an engine right. like that's really hard yeah now to get back into the confrontation that happened. So Representative Luna clarifies, ultimately what ended up happening is we had to call House Armed Services, Chairman Rogers got involved, the mm. Pentagon got involved, the Department of the Air Force got involved, and we actually got into an argument with the general of that base. And yeah. it's important to note that we were simply there to follow up on the whistleblowers that came forward with information. We had a pilot there who was going to be testifying in the hearing who was denied access. Hmm. So we're hearing a pretty clear story of around the time of the UFO shootdowns, a congressional delegation hears from a whistleblower and they go to the Air Force base to hear testimony from a pilot. The implication right. is clear that the whistleblower is the pilot, but when they show up, they are denied access to him. Right. Uh, now that fits right into the narrative we're hearing about secret programs and concealing from Congress. Uh, it's worth noting the Pentagon has released a response to this story. Uh, okay. The implication because this came out in a local paper is pretty clearly the general of elegant air force base was like they said what about me oh hell no <laughs> mm. uh but the response says elgin air force base received supported a visit from representatives gates burchett and luna on february 21st Air Force officials provided a classified briefing on intelligence collection threats to Elgin Air Force Base during their visit. The Congress members halted the briefing and requested instead a briefing focused on unidentified aerial phenomena. Oh. Base officials responded to present additional available classified information on UAPs to all three members but we're only able to discuss a certain portion of the information with Representative Gates, who is a member of the House Armed Services Committee. Representatives Burchett and Luna 
not being members of the Congressional Defense Committee, did not possess the access required to join the portion <laughs> of the discussion reserved for Representative Gates. That makes uh, sense. It makes perfect sense. And it kind of fits with what we've seen with from Burchette, Burchette a yeah. little bit from Luna with a little bit of overstating. Yeah. But I will note, they are confirming the broad strokes of the story. These guys came for a briefing. They did not get the briefing they expected. They requested a different briefing. And under protest, we gave it to them. What's really interesting is the Reddit community went hog wild over this press yeah. release, which you would think is like a bad thing for the community, right? Because they're, they're kind of debunking the story. No, they were like, uh, Pentagon confirms Matt Gates has seen classified videos of UAP. <laughs> this is important because back in March, Matt Gates was going around giving interviews saying, I have seen evidence of craft that I am not familiar with any of our allies or adversaries or even our country possessing. I've seen that craft taken by air crews who have gotten quite close to it. And we've got a lot more questions about why this information isn't more broadly available to the American people. And just to confirm that this isn't just leaping to conclusions, yeah. uh, someone dug that clip up and showed it to Representative Burchett this week. And he said, sure, I was with Matt. I know what he's referring to. So <laughs> we've got what was previously kind of a wild claim from Matt Gates has now been kind of weirdly confirmed by the Pentagon. Yeah, yeah we showed him the good shit. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Or I mean, they, <laughs> they, they at least authenticated those videos or whatever. <laughs> they at least authenticated the videos, yeah. Um, now... Representative Luna, I should point out, was on Twitter this weekend and was hopping mad about this Pentagon response. She said the level of backtracking and attempt at saving face from the Pentagon, DOD, and U.S. Air Force is unreal. My office specifically reached out to ask Elgin Air Force Base for a briefing for the other members who will be at the hearing this upcoming week to include Democrats on UAPs, and they denied that request and offered to brief, brief us on the Space Force instead. An Air Force general, nor does the Pentagon, decide what level of clearance is acceptable for a member of Congress to receive a briefing on UAPs, especially ones in oversight and accountability over the entire U.S. government. I have the adequate clearance, and the statement from Elgin Air Force Base is a half-truth as to what really happened. Oh. Now, unfortunately, this is where my civics lessons yeah, fail right. me. I have no idea what clearances they actually have in the oversight yeah. committee. I have no idea if those clearances are sufficient. Sufficient. I think it is equally likely that they showed up demanding access to information they think they should have access to. And the general's right. like, yeah, but you don't. Matt does. We'll show it to him. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I also think it's possible that there is, we have seen, a degree of foot dragging from sure, the Pentagon yeah. when it comes to things they are supposed to disclose. They rarely overtly break the law when it comes to Congress, but they will take advantage of every loophole, every every bit they can slow down, you know, like, oh, okay, you passed a law saying Arrow has to have the required clearances. Well, we gave them the required clearances. And then, you know, we look at it like, well, no, they don't actually have the clearances. What they have is like a written letter from the sec def saying nobody should deny them access, but that's not the same thing, you know? So yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm not prepared to go, Oh, Burchett was lying. I'm not prepared to go. The Pentagon's lying. I think Luna actually kind of hit the nail on the head when she said the statement from Elgin air force base is a half truth. Mm. I think probably I they did show up to receive a briefing they really were denied access and they really did get in a fight whether or not they should have been allowed access. I can't say, I don't right, know enough yeah. about how the military and clearances work, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's genuinely messy and unclear, oh, God. especially right. around something that may have been improperly concealed like UAP. I don't know. Does the house oversight committee get access to this? Like, Yeah. Well, and the other thing is like, what 
she's she said that uh like no general has the has the power to like decide well it it makes me wonder like what is the general's incentive to not share information well it's because he gets in in right. huge trouble like legal trouble exactly if he gets it wrong exactly. and so yep. it's I, not his I job to decide it. but it's absolutely his job to interpret yeah right <laughs> and he's gonna interpret yeah. more uh conservatively than not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they may have the right clearances but that is a i don't know who even enforces yeah. or like uh who yeah. decides that after the fact like it, what's the appeals process for that i don't know mm-hmm. be, right uh, and burchett was making it clear like representatives of the cia were there for the briefing and stuff so yeah. like you know, I wouldn't blame them if they were being a little skittish around like who we are. Yeah, right. um, for me, I also don't know if that's the, normal. Like right. spooks being present. For me, that, the thing mm. that speaks most in the favor of the military on what happened is that someone did get access. Matt Gates did get access to sure, what they went yeah. down there for. And that implies that it genuinely was an issue of access. And while I can understand Burchett and Luna may feel differently about whether or not they have access, we're not dealing with a situation where people from the branches of Congress who you would expect to have access showed up and were denied access. That is not what happened. They were shown UAP info and Matt Gates was shown some additional info that they were not privy to. Right. Was that done appropriately? I can't say, but the fact that some of them got it and some of them didn't kind of leads me to believe that there was a process being followed. It wasn't just a, nobody gets to see this. Hmm. Uh, well, and there's, there's also the, oh God. So there's also the issue of, um, people who are elected to Congress, um, or, or, you know, government, um, maybe in positions where they should have clearances, but do not actually have the like background to actually pass that clearance. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of it too. Like, yeah, you may be on that committee, but the spooks haven't actually looked at you yet and given you a real documented clearance. And Mm so, yeah, I don't know. It sounds messy and complicated. This is again, one of those things where like, all I can do is interpret what people are yeah. writing. Um, I think I, you and I, I are going to have to get some security more. clearances just to find out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how well that's going to go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's talk about reactions in the community okay. to the hearing, to the announcement of the witnesses and stuff. Cause we got a lot um, people yeah. are talking about yeah. this. Um, the first thing I want to point out is, uh, mainstream media coverage is picking up this week alone. We saw okay. coverage on wall street journal, ABC news, CNN, newsweek, Politico, and the Hill. Um, okay. So they're still not covering Grush directly, but by talking about the hearings, they have to talk about the context that led to the hearings. So they're yeah. all at least giving kind of a summary of, hey, you know, a public servant says that some shit's been going down that shouldn't have been, and that's why they're digging into this. Um, mm. So we are definitely seeing some forward momentum, and I would yeah. expect next week when the hearing actually happens on Wednesday, we're going to get a lot of media coverage. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. And so a lot of those names are in the top of like the ad fontes, uh, reliability chart. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Now I want to lead off <laughs> with a quote from Mick West. Um, I don't actually know Chuck. Have I ever mentioned Mick West to you? He may have come oh. up once or twice on the podcast. Uh, Mick West sure. is a notorious skeptic and debunker. He is okay. incredibly vocal and prolific. He writes for Metabunk, which is a big debunking website. Okay. Um, he has hmm. quote unquote debunked the Navy videos over and over. Okay. Um, what's funny about this is he's a former video game designer 
And so he kind of takes that to mean that he has kind of a broad level of understanding of the world. So he was like, oh, look, I came up with a model on my computer where if the camera was here and the object was over here, I can show, uh, Mm, you know, the thing in the go fast video was actually only going 30 miles an hour. Like, sure. So he's got a lot of what he considers slam dunk Uh (laughs) at those Uh videos, but a lot of the things people have responded to him with is like, okay, Mick, sure. Maybe it's not going quite the speed people have said. Maybe it's not doing quite the maneuver people have said, but you're ignoring the other things. Like how was it flying at all, Mick? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the pilots are very clearly telling you, he's like, oh no, no, no. It was, it was just a jet way off in the distance. Like, oh yeah, I'm, right. I'm sure our like crack fighter pilots have no experience distinguishing between right. an object yeah. near versus far. Um, Anyway, Mick West, not my favorite person, Okay, uh, but he had a quote about the hearing that I have actually heard this opinion echoed across a lot of people. So I think okay. he's kind of representative of a group in the community and it's worth sharing. So he says, I was correct regarding the witnesses at the hearing being pilots. So Fravor and Graves have already told their story multiple times. Grush is not a first-hand witness. People Mm. have told him stuff. Unless he's going to name names, then what are we going to get from this hearing? I have definitely heard that sentiment echoed. Like, nothing new is going to come out of this. Fravor and Graves have been all over the press for years now. And Grush has, as far as we can tell, already said everything he's cleared to say publicly. So what will come of this? Um, Gail Lombard, and I forgive me if I butchered that name. He's a French journalist, a science journalist at Le Parisien, um, had a quote that came out around the same time. He said, since David Grush's story came out, I've been a little bit surprised by an assertion. This is hearsay or secondhand info. As one of the few journalists to have interviewed him so far, I must say that it doesn't seem so clear. When I asked David Grush, have you seen any material yourself? He answered, I have seen very interesting things that I am not allowed to speak publicly about quite yet because I don't have an approval from the Defense Office of Prepublication and Security Review. I certainly viewed some things with my own eyes, but I can't give too much details yet. Now, obviously, as a journalist, I'm skeptical Mm. and I don't believe everything I'm told, but I was amazed that the hearsay stuff about David Grush was spreading so much. One cannot be so categorical for now. Hmm. Um, Lou Elizondo, responding to someone talking about Grush not having firsthand evidence, uh, was a little more blunt. He said, you're wrong. You don't know the full story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds so, right. Big Daddy Lou coming out swinging yeah. in defense of Grush. Um, Chris UFO Daddy Bellin uh, tweeted, I have known Dave Grush for years, and I can say without hesitation that he is sincere, authentic, and someone who most certainly deserves a fair hearing. The leads that he and others are providing should enable an interested Congress to determine the truth regarding longstanding allegations of recovered alien tech. I look forward to the hearing and hope that members and their staff are preparing thoughtful questions given the unprecedented nature of this opportunity. And Lou Elizondo responded, said, Chris, you are 100% correct. I know Gresh personally, and he is an American treasure. I fully expect the system to react to him the same way that it did me read poorly. Uh, But don't be fooled. He is exactly who he says he is. Americans and the world have the right to know. Um, So yeah, we've got some pretty big names coming out swinging in favor of David Grush being a credible witness. Right. uh, David Grush being able to provide leads to Congress to chase down and David Grush not necessarily not having firsthand evidence. Um, yeah, that's new to yet, me. But that doesn't mean that's it doesn't incredible. exist. So, so it's mm-hmm. not just secondhand. Um, I mean, it, okay, so here's a question for you. If he's seen things, 
but hasn't worked with them or you know been part of that program, does it count as firsthand in your eyes? It's a good question. Um, for example, what a lot of people are saying is Grush has probably seen videos and documented evidence and records and things like that that maybe you know, direct testimonial to things sure. existing, but he hasn't necessarily been in a hangar with a crashed UFO. Even you know if I mean? he had been in a hangar with a crashed UFO, would that, uh, would that qualify him as a first degree? Or is it only the people who have been in that hangar working on that thing for six months? No, it's a really interesting question. Um, I think the difference there is whether you are a first-hand witness to things exist right. or whether you are okay. a first-hand right. witness to the program. Like, if right. you are a first-hand participant in the program, that's different than I met someone who knows about the program or I was in a hangar with a UFO. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it depends on what you're trying to prove. If If you're trying to prove that a program exists, then maybe that's enough. But if you're trying yeah. to prove some detail about some metamaterial, uh, obviously that's not enough mm -hmm. to be a firsthand. Well, and I think the main thing to understand that, you know, we talked about back in the first episode about David Grush is his whole thing is he found credible evidence that led him to believe this was true. And he went to blow the whistle. And right. when he spoke to the inspector general, he gave the inspector general the yeah, contact the information of the people he knows who are right. first-hand yeah. witnesses. As I understand it, those witnesses were interviewed by the inspector general. That's where mm. the serious and credible line came from. And also that those witnesses have been referred to Congress and in many mm. cases already interviewed in closed door secure sessions. So okay. what we're hearing over and over is Congress knows more than anyone thinks. They are hearing this stuff behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. They are struggling like everyone else is, is right. with how do we bring this forward without violating security oaths? Right, <laughs> how yeah. do we bring this forward without disclosing stuff we're not supposed to? You know, it's yeah. messy. It's all tied together. That is messy. I don't, I do not envy that. Mm -hmm. uh, Gary Nolan, our favorite scientist, mm -hmm. uh, had a lengthy quote talking about the hearing. He said, Congress and the Senate are doing this scientifically. They're starting with the base facts, the original people and pilots who came forward that got this going. As we are all aware, the public and many politicians and media are not up to speed. At the very least, they seek validation. This is the validation process. Graves and Fravor are the data. David Grush has provided data publicly and behind closed doors. Congress people Luna and Burchett provided real-time evidence this morning of DOD obstruction. Mm. Graves and Favor and Lou Elizondo all came forward because they felt the subject matter was not being taken seriously. We begin the process again next week, educating the public and helping our politicians understand the landscape because they act on our behalf. I think that's a really important statement. And I, yeah. I think it's Gary trying to get out ahead of people who are already saying this is going to be a nothing burger. We're not sure. going to hear anything new. We're just going to hear the same old claims. That may be exactly the case, but we're hearing the same old claims in a place that matters. It's yeah. the context Absolutely. that's new and different. Testifying to the House Oversight Committee doesn't end at the House Oversight Committee. Right, it doesn't yeah. end with Burchett going, well, that was interesting. Oh, well, I guess we're done now. It ends yeah. with more hearings, more investigations. It right. ends with a Senate hearing. You know, like it, it continues going up the chain of command. Right. And it keeps getting, hopefully, less and less classified uh, with more and more detail, mm -hmm. we would hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Post-Disclosure World on YouTube, uh, a.k.a. UFO Jesus, uh, right. said, For those disappointed by the three people testifying at the upcoming UFO hearing, you have to recognize 
that this has never happened before. Instead of DOD bureaucrats that seemingly have no interest in being transparent with the public on UFOs, we're getting direct witnesses that aren't trying to spin anything. This is a huge deal. The media will cover it. And this will likely inspire others to come forward with their stories. This is not the last hearing, but this one is very important and should lead to better things down the road. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a good statement. So yeah, echoing the same thing Gary was saying, right? Like this may not be the hearing, but it's yeah. a, it's the one that lays the foundation. It's an important step, for yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, he did ask a really interesting question. He wondered if the witnesses were going to be sworn in. Um, and a spokeswoman for the oversight committee said, all witnesses are sworn in prior to delivering their testimony. I think that's a big deal. These yeah. guys are going to be up there under oath. Now, they've said repeatedly that they're willing to testify under oath. Grush has already testified under oath to the sure. inspectors general, but it again, lends credibility that they're not just getting up there and spouting off whatever. There are consequences, very real legal consequences if they lie to Congress. So, um, I, I think that's, that's important. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I would expect nothing less. Mm. Lou Elizondo tweeted, he said, friends (laughs) to allay any concerns, Chris and I are still very much in the fight. (laughs) This is now the second hearing of many to come. There's a time, place, and purpose for everything we do. In the meantime, let's be thankful for the courage of Congresspersons Burchett and Luna for their historic efforts. Um, Okay. I think he had to come out and say something because I think a lot of people were hoping Lou was going to be one of the witnesses. Like, hey, you know, (laughs) here's another insider who's had some explosive claims. Um, I think it's likely that Lou has testified. In fact, as I recall last week, we had a quote from him saying that he had, but behind closed doors. um, We know that Lou and Chris in particular, since TTSA kind of imploded, have focused their efforts on lobbying in Washington. They've Mm, spent the last three to four years knocking on doors, establishing relationships, and getting us to the point where we can have these hearings, getting us to the point where Congress is interviewing David Grush and talking to Fravor and Graves and not giggling and, and, you know, X-Files musicking everything, you know? Yeah, they've got an important job, and this might not be it at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris UFO Daddy Mellon, our first and greatest follower on the podcast, Mm -hmm, uh, said, I think one of the outcomes of this hearing will be that Congress will come to understand the necessity of a congressionally led investigation to bridge the chasm between whistleblower allegations and Arrow's denials. A good start would be for Congress to ask the ICIG what info it has already uncovered. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good, let's do that. I would love to see that's probably more for the Senate than the house, but I would love to see one of these congressional hearings result in let's pull the intelligence community inspector general, the one who spoke to the witnesses and said, this is urgent, incredible. Let's pull them up and make them testify. Yeah. Why is that more for the Senate than the house? Um, my understanding is just that the Senate has a bit more pull and oh, more okay. security credentials. Um, okay. I might be wrong. Maybe the house yeah. can do it. Yeah. Ross Coltart dropped yeah. an interesting nugget this week. Uh, he put up a very simple tweet. He said, here is someone in the DOD who can shed light on the UAP mystery whom Congress should publicly question under oath more names to come. So he dropped a name promised to deliver more names in the future. Ross has been clear over the past months that he has spoken to a lot of witnesses who are not public yet. Uh, There has been no context under why he shared this guy. Is this guy a whistleblower? Is he an, is he an insider that one of Ross's whistleblowers have pointed at? Is he the witness that was forced to drop out? Like there's no context around why Ross would share. What was the name? The name is Randolph R stone, who is the assistant inspector general 
for evaluations of space, intelligence, engineering, and oversight. Um, people on Reddit, of course, had a field day looking him up, trying to figure out why Ross yeah, was right. linking to him. Uh, they pointed out that this guy is was responsible for all DOD audit functions at one point and oversaw those functions. Hmm. Interesting. Someone who's in charge of the auditing implies yeah, that right. they might have come across the program. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing, uh, if you search for him on Reddit, he's already come up. <laughs> uh-huh. Black Vault, uh, the the guy that does all the freedom of information requests, yeah. uh, previously submitted a FOIA request for all of Randolph Stone's emails pertaining to UAP and got back a huge document that was heavily censored. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, you know, we we find out Ross says, you should talk to this guy. He's a guy we've already seen has heavily censored emails that... FOIA shared regarding UAP, and he was in a position to have audited special access programs. I don't know, man. <laughs> it feels yeah. like we should talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Huh, that's cool. You've got that I'm, look in I'm your excited. eyes. Are you looking? Yeah, right I'm excited <laughs> to see the other other names. Let's go. All right, so we're almost through my list here. Um, okay. The other interesting thing that happened this week is Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, the mm-hmm. head of Arrow, uh, was interviewed by ABC News, and he dropped a few interesting quotes. Um, okay. First of all, and most disappointingly, he said, yeah. we have interviewed almost 30 individuals who have come in to provide their testimony, and out of all of those, none of it has yet led to any verifiable information that substantiates the claim that the U.S. government has those ships or has a reverse engineering program hmm. either in the past or currently. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the weasel words. I'm hoping, there are I'm hoping you'll tell me. Um, yeah. First of all, he says, out of all of those, none of it has yet led to <clears throat> verifiable information. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, another weasel word is verifiable. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like it, it, I feel like we're stretching a little bit at this point. That feels like a pretty clear statement. Like, Hey, I spoke to these witnesses and I wasn't able to find what they said, but as always Mm. claims that arrow was unable to confirm or find what people said doesn't contradict what Grush said. Grush's whole claim is that when he was on the UAP task force, he was denied access to these programs, even though he was supposed to have access. He only found out about it because people came to him directly and he took them credibly. It sounds like what's happening here is these people are coming and talking to Kirkpatrick and he's going to the DOD saying, Hey, they said I should knock on the door at this program. And they say, Oh, that program doesn't exist or whatever. And he goes, okay. Okay. (laughs) So who knows, you know, like, Maybe he's right. Maybe there's nothing there, but it's getting increasingly hard to take arrow claims that they weren't able to find anything as at all. Seriously. Very definitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he downplayed the possible existence of a secret program that he's not privy to. He said, nothing has been denied us. Hmm. But again, we know that he doesn't have title 50 access how does he know nothing was denied him? You know, like right. it's the same old claim. Uh, Ross Coltart responded saying that it's interesting that Arrow has found no evidence of this, while Chuck Schumer believes the executive branch was concealing important information regarding UAPs over broad periods of time. He wrote an entire yeah. bit of legislation talking about overwhelming evidence of yeah. improperly concealed. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, like what does Schumer know that Kirkpatrick doesn't, uh, you know, as the number two, uh, Democrat, probably a few things you would hope <laughs> probably a few things. Now I will say, uh, Kirkpatrick did say one more thing that gives me hope. He said a number of these whistleblowers believe and have stated, and we believe them now that they have seen something and we are investigating. Now, we don't know which whistleblowers he was referring to. Is he Mm -hmm. just talking about UFOs? Is he talking about the crash retrieval programs? But 
a lot of people point out, like, doesn't this contradict what he said earlier? Like, we're investigating. We're taking it seriously. We believe them. Mm-hmm. But also, we haven't found anything. Like, I don't mm. know, man. Yeah. Yeah. But on a more positive note, uh, Liberation Times published an article yesterday after I finished putting all my notes together, of Naturally, course. So this yeah. is a little footnote at the bottom. That's how, this uh, is how news works. It, like, you get your notes together, <laughs> and then the news comes out. So, yeah. Yeah. Liberation Times understands that key representatives in the U.S. Congress are aware of smoking gun evidence, which has compelled them to act. The momentum is now almost unstoppable. Next week, there will be a dramatic public hearing within the House Oversight Committee's Subcommittee on National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs. At that hearing, expect new revelations. Expect anger. Expect an escalation in rhetoric from political representatives who are ready for a fight with unelected bureaucrats. Hmm. Now, I will note that aside from Liberation Times understands that Congress is aware of smoking gun evidence. Everything in there was an opinion statement. But yeah, right. it calls back to the very start. What did we hear from Burchett and Luna and Moskowitz? We heard anger. We heard improperly denied. We heard Pentagon yeah. pushback. We heard they don't have the right to conceal this from the Pentagon. They w- report to the Pentagon, right? Like right. they are clearly upset. And while we have discussed a lot of things where perhaps overstated things, we've gone into the details of some things where it was a little muddier yeah. than they were trying to make it out. This last bit aligns with what we are hearing across the board, not just in the House, but also in the Senate, that the Congress has become aware of these things directly Mm -hmm. through whistleblowers with firsthand knowledge, and they are shocked and upset, and they are escalating and passing Mm -hmm. laws and not dropping it. and. It is impossible to deny that there has been a a rapid escalation in the rhetoric and the tone and the language in the weeks since David Grush came out. Um, mm. Now I don't know what next week holds, but yeah. I'm I'm hoping that at the very least we get a solid uh, hearing with testimony that congress takes seriously and proceeds to investigate but i think there's also the possibility that these guys are going to come in angry and ask questions and push Mm. for some of them ross coltart floated the possibility that congress could ask grush for details around his claim that people have been killed to keep this secret sure imagine if grush drops the name of someone who was assassinated right yeah that's that going to be a some huge deal for sure. If yeah. nothing else happens, that one thing would trigger follow-up investigations, yeah. follow-up discussions. So yeah. I'm not prepared to say next week's going to be a nothing burger. I, I think at the very least, it's going to be valuable the way Gary Nolan says. It's going to lay right. the foundation for moving forward. But I also think there's a possibility we're seeing genuine anger and and pressure from Congress to move this forward. They are not just kind of meekly accepting what they get. They have a goal. They have information and they are digging to get confirmation. I I think there's a chance we're going to see some fireworks, buddy. What yeah. do you think? So, well, I mean, is this a call to like tweet at Luna and the, the four uh, Congress people to like get fierce or... I mean, I don't think you need to encourage them. I think they're going to anyway. If you wanted to tweet at them, they did explicitly tweet out to their followers and say, what questions would you like to see Mm. asked? So I have no idea if it's too late, but, uh, you know, if you've got an idea, uh, Mick West, (laughs) hilariously, had a really good question. He said, ask them who we should ask and where we should look to investigate the claims of dead bodies. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, let, let's get the details. Like you've yeah. got them on the stand under oath. Push right. them. And we, I, I don't 
I haven't heard from you many stories about the dead bodies. I've heard a few stories about uh, crash retrievals, and maybe that's mm-hmm. just your bent. But is there as much this is something um, that rumor and hearsay Rush, about that? Well, there's been rumors and hearsay for sure. years, right? yeah. But um, speaking about recent credible witnesses, um, there was one particular line in Grush's interview with Ross Coltart where he said, you've mentioned retrieved craft. What about bodies? And Grush goes, well, when you recover downed vehicles, you sometimes encounter dead pilots. Mm -hmm. That was all he said about it. But people have taken that as explicit confirmation that the government is in possession, not only of vehicles, but also of, uh, you know, dead bodies and right. the reverse engineering has not just been mechanical reverse engineering of craft, mm. but also genetic investigation of right, bodies yeah. and stuff. We have not talked about it on the show, but there was a buck wild Reddit thread yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago from a guy who claimed to be a genetic scientist in the program who was Ooh. studying bodies of gray aliens who have been kept okay. on ice since the fifties and Reddit couldn't tell, you know, like the guy dropped off the radar after a while. Um, yeah. The vibe seemed to be that the way he was speaking made it clear. He has worked in a lab. He has experience okay. doing yeah. this kind of work. Doesn't mean he's telling the truth, but right. he's not like a sci-fi writer coming in. This so is a guy who's done this that type way. of work. Yeah. But he also made some weird anatomy mistakes. Like he referred to digits on the fingers using the wrong words and stuff. Um, Mm. So some people were taking that to mean that he wasn't real. But then someone else came in and said, actually, it kind of tracks. Like when you're a medical doctor, you know, yeah, you take an anatomy class, but that's like first year. If you're a geneticist, you don't spend your time delving into anatomy. And if this is, as the guy claimed, a small program with not many scientists and everybody's kind of expected to study multiple fields, it kind of tracks that maybe he wouldn't have quite the right length. Anyway, who knows, right? I I didn't bring it up on the show because I didn't feel like I could make a good case for it one way or another. If it's something you're interested in hearing about, uh, you know, leave us a note in the comments. We could talk about it in an upcoming episode. But um, definitely bodies is something that is in the wind. (laughs) That is is a thing we have heard before. Crush is the first time we've gotten kind of a yes, that's for real. But it was also the first time we've heard anybody credible say crash retrieval or anything either. And we've heard that for years. Yeah. Well, sometime when when we're on a down week, like maybe uh, Mm -hmm. in a little bit when Congress goes on vacation, uh, maybe we should talk about bodies. Um, And so it's true. Rumors and stories on vacation all August. Yeah. Right. right. Oh, my God. What a week. What a week. I was all like, oh, we won't have much to talk about. All they did was announce the witnesses. No, people have a lot of opinions. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny how that works. (laughs) It's funny how that works. Yeah. All right. Well, Chuck, as always, thank you for listening to me talk about UFOs so my wife doesn't have to.